Welcome to another podcast from Fix My Project Chaos. My name is Elise Stevens, and today I have the fabulous time tamer, Barbara Clifford, here to talk about how to declutter your mind. Hello, Barbara. Hello, Elise. How are you doing? Great. And what a great topic, how to declutter your mind. I know. It's a big thing. It's a big space. It's a bit like the TARDIS in Doctor Who. Yes. Well, sometimes I think that my mind sometimes gets uh, caught up in things that don't add a lot of value, but I can think about things ad nauseum when I should be thinking about other things that are more important. And sometimes I'm successful about letting it go, as the song goes, let it go, and other times I can't. For project managers, we have so much going on. We're doing this mental juggling act all the time. We've got things like Evernote and OneNote to help us maybe organise all our work. But, you know, we've still got all this stuff cluttering our mind. How is it that we can Mm. clutter our thoughts? It's a really good point. And I think one of the things... In in the work that I've done with people struggling with stress, one of the key things to be able to deal with your stress, and, and it's actually, there's some science behind it in terms of people's life expectancy. They've actually done a lot of research around it. And it can just be the way that you change your thinking around the stress that you're experiencing can have a huge impact in terms of your health. So if you say, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, I'm stressed, then you, oh, I can't cope with this, then you are going to be more physically unhealthy in terms of the hormones, in terms of blood pressure, a whole range of things. But if you can shift the way you think about what's happening to you, so if you can go, wow, this is difficult, but I've got this. I know I've got the skills to be able to deal with this, for example, you will lead a healthier lifestyle. So I guess it's a matter of particularly with some of those thought processes, is to be really clear about what's worthy of your thinking space and your thinking time. Is it something that you necessarily need to worry about right now? And David Allen talks about creating a time and place to be able to think about things, put things somewhere else and allocate a time to actually think about them. But the stress that we experience is called anticipatory stress. So that's worrying about things that are going to happen. And project managers, I'm sure, suffer with that stress all the time about things that are just around the corner, things that they need to consider, things they don't want to forget about because they're really important. Or it could be uh, dynamics within a team that you're worried about, communications, conflicts, whether or not you're equipped to do the right things, whether you've got enough time to do what you need to do. So the key to resolving that issue is to be able to prioritize what's important and what's not to think about. And the other thing is, what am I in control of and what am I? What have I not got control of? Because that can make a huge difference as well. If it's beyond your control, there is no point worrying about it or putting the energy into it. Think about what is within your control and what you can do with what is within your control. And that will re- alleviate some of that stress. But I talk to people about doing the ease and impact mapping or the quadrant mapping. So what is going to give me the biggest return for the least amount of effort? So it might be something that you can resolve really quickly. And if you can, do it so that you don't have to keep worrying about it. Or 
come up with a different strategy that allows you some free thinking time and some mental space? I think it's really difficult to, like, you know, you shouldn't be worrying about something and yet you still fixate on it and you're thinking, oh, my God, you know, blah, blah, is unhappy or, oh, the PMOs on my back about financials or just all these things going on. I like your idea about putting it in that quadrant because it's an active thing that you can do. I think that a lot of people struggle with just thinking, oh, well, I'll park that over there because sometimes it kind of creeps back into you, into your thought process when you least expect it. And I think that it can be quite difficult to just kind of move it out to the side. Again, there's two things that I can suggest in relation to that, particularly for project project managers, is that I can be of the mindset where I'm I'm organized and detailed and everything is very, very systematic. And I don't allow myself to have that organic organic process. Uh, you know, I don't allow things to just happen. For me, they have to be very planned and organized. And project managers, I imagine, are very similar in that kind of personality trait. But if you can allow yourself some time to be creative, one of the things that you can do is a very physical, tactile process that allows you to exhaust all those subconscious things that are happening, things that are hidden away at the back of your mind. And at the, the way that I found that's most effective is to do some mind mapping with and using things like post-it notes. So put the core issue down on a post-it note. And then from that draw out on a piece of paper or write another post-it note about something that stems from that. So, for example, what can I do to solve this problem that I keep worrying about? Can I do this? Well, I could do this. I could do this. And then what do I need to do before I do need to do that? And what's the consequence of doing that? So, actually brainstorm with lots of tree branches and feathering off from that central idea so that you can see, wow, buried down deep in my subconscious there's this thing that I'm really worried about. And if I just do this small action, that's going to make a big difference to the end result. And we talked about that before. It's Sometimes it's just the small actions that can make a big difference further on down the track. The other thing that I think is really valuable to do is to look at what sits behind the purpose and the, the mission and, and the value of whatever project you're doing, of who you are personally or the company that you're working for. So, what I mean by that is that you might be fretting over a relationship, a, an activity that needs to be done or hasn't done or whatever. Actually, give it some thought and consideration and go, does this align with who I am? Does this actually align with what I'm employed to do? Does this align with the end goal of the project that we're actually working on? Does it warrant my worrying time? Because sometimes you're worrying about something and you go, you know what, why am I worrying about this? This isn't, this isn't my, what my role is within this organisation. So why am I worrying about this? I need to, and then come up with a solution, whether it's deferring to somebody who's more appropriate or just not investing the energy into it. I think that's very pragmatic advice. I especially like the mind mapping your source of issues or one of your concerns and then working out through a visual method how to 
kind of mitigate what's going on and how you're going to deal with it. Isn't it a case that if you're not sure about what the best path forward is, that you're going to churn over all these different alternatives? Oh, you know, I could do A or I could do B. Oh, you know, I could just see bury my head in the sand and hope that it all just blows over. That, that whole process is actually part of what I do with people in terms of working through their, their goals and their goal setting because that can, particularly in terms of alleviating stress or dealing with procrastination, it's a process of wanting a particular outcome but not knowing how to get there. I love now the process of project managing anything with post-it notes so you could, because you can quickly flip things around you can actually go well you know we actually need to make another another arm another stream another leg here rather than trying to put everything into this leg or you can do things like shift the order that things happen you know I've got all these things swimming around in my head that I want to do but I just need to work out which one comes first What's the first step that I can take? So the goal can be resolving a conflict with a colleague, for example. So that's what I want to do is resolve that conflict with a colleague. What are the steps that I need to take? Before I do that, what do I need to do? And before I do that, what do I need to do? And before I do that, what do I need to do? And exhaust all those arms so that you end up with an action step that you can take that you know is going to head you on the path for where you want to go. And I think that agile project management uses a lot of those visual things to schedule work and to keep track of where things are up to in bite-sized pieces. And I think that I haven't seen a lot of project managers do the whole visual thing with post-it notes. I'm starting to see it a little bit more, but I think that the project manager persona is I've got my cloak of control on and I'm not going to manage this with a post-it note kind of persona. And I think that is changing and that there's some kind of recognition by people that they they do need to do things differently because the projects that we work on aren't actually going that well. Well, the other thing that I like about it is that, and I can totally relate to that because I was resistant because I thought it was too touchy-feely. It was just wasn't, it wasn't scientific enough in the approach, whereas doing things within a computer and in, the, in that digital space and, and within a very formulated recipe style of project management, you think that you're clever enough to be in control of it. But the beautiful thing about doing things on post-it notes, and I love doing it on a massive big wall, is that you are looking at things from a very bird's eye point of view and you can quickly juggle things around. It's like those sci-fi movies where, what's that one with Tom Cruise and he's got the screens in front of him and he's flipping flipping between all these different screens and moving things around in front of him, right up in front of his face. There's something also about the way that your eye moves, your eyes when we read move left to right. Being able to put things on a big space, you can quickly shift the dynamic or the like a parallel universe almost, if, that, if I can be that airy-fairy. It's just that you can shift the perspective from where you look at things just by not looking down at them but looking up at them. It just makes a huge difference to how your brain processes. And I think it's that left and right brain stuff as well, you know, just the way that we think about things from a visual point of view. 
Look, I agree with you. And I think that for too long we've always wanted to either have things in an Excel spreadsheet or why don't you know about that? That was in the spreadsheet or, you know, and then we've moved on to these collaboration tools and collaborations and overused word. But I think that having visual things that are on the wall or wherever in a team meeting, that people can look at it and process it. If you're talking to it, then you, the people that are auditory are getting it that way. If people are readers, you know, they can read it and touch it in. and post-it notes. And that's it perfectly. I walk over, I pick it up and move it. So you, you've covered all of those uh, language styles exactly. And that's the key thing about getting people engaged with it. And I think that as a project manager, you're storing all this stuff in your brain or wherever you're storing it, but it's no reason we miss things. And there's a lot of, people may dispute this, but there's a lot of emotion goes into all this stuff as well. And not only have you got all the the facts, the figures and, and all this kind of stuff, but you've also got all the people and all the emotion and all these other things going on that, you know, you're, you've got going on in your brain. That's right, because it's not just about the good planning skills, it's about the communication, it's about the, the leadership and the management, it's about there's a whole scope of things that come into that, isn't there? And it's about having that emotional intelligence, it's about being able to be objective while also being subjective. There's There's so much more to it. And I think that's why very organised people get drill down into the detail and get buried down into the detail. And I think there's value in in being a little bit more mindful. It's taking some, really taking some steps back, which is again why I like that whole visual process, the mind mapping and the post-it notes and things like that. But also, as I said before, tapping into really stopping and contemplating the purpose of of what you're doing. Why are we actually doing this? What's it all about? Who are we serving? What problems are we solving? And how do we do that? Who who are we? What people are we when we're doing this together? And it can be when you're looking at it in a workspace, but it can also be who you are personally. What do you bring to this project? What skills do you have? What's unique about you? What makes this special? What strengths do you have that enhance this whole experience for everybody else? And I think that you have to train yourself, train your brain to do all this kind of stuff because I just don't think that you can suddenly turn around one day and say, hey, I'm going to declutter my mind today. I'm only going to concentrate on the things that I think are important because you develop bad habits over the years, let's face it. And I think that you have to be kind to yourself and accept that you're not perfect, that through vigilance that you can learn how to declutter your mind and concentrate on what's important. Yeah, and I think too that 
we've talked about this before as well, knowing what your strengths and your weaknesses are, knowing what your personality style is, knowing what your values are. So for example, I'm that detailed orientated person. So I know that that's where I'm going to get distracted. Uh, I'm a person that loves to worry. I'm a person that loves to plan everything. I actually have to remind myself sometimes to go, no, you can't plan this. This is not something that you can prepare for. You have to deal with things that are happening now. So stop worrying about it. Do you see what I'm saying? So because it's a personality trait that I'm aware of for myself, it gives me a sense of release and allows me to stop thinking about things and processing things in a particular way because I know that I'm that kind of personality trait. Well, since our last podcast about focusing on what's important and completing the job before attempting the next job, I have been doing that where I find myself being distracted by, ooh, bright, shiny thing or doing what I'm meant to be doing. And I now I now think of you, Barbara, and I go, Barbara says, focus. <laughs> I focus on what I'm doing, complete that job. And to some extent, that also helps get rid of the clutter in your mind because you've got to focus on the job that you're doing, the tasks that you're doing before moving on to the next one. If you focus your mind, then some of this other clutter drops away. And I think it's okay sometimes to think about those things. But again, you know, in that David Allen style, it's about finding the right time and the right place to do that. I had a client who was, she was really, really stressed because she was sleep deprived. When she was going to sleep, she would be going, I should be going to sleep. I should be going to sleep. I've got a big day tomorrow. And if I don't do that, if I don't get some sleep, then I'm going to, this is going to be really hard. And so she was worrying about that. It's of course, let, um, stopped her from falling asleep. And she knew that there were things that she needed to worry about, that she needed to think about. And it was important that she thought about them. But as you can imagine, she was thinking about them before she was going to sleep. It was a matter of her giving her permission to think about those things at another point in time, keeping a notebook next to her bed and writing them down and actually saying to her brain, thank you for bringing this to my attention, but not now. I will think about this tomorrow morning and giving herself permission to not think about something, but telling herself that it was okay to think about it at another time. And it's the same when you have to work on something. If you really, this is what procrastination is about. If you really love something and you get great pleasure and great value from it, you'll always want to do it before you have to do the boring menial thing, of course. So, But it's about rewarding yourself with that so you can pull yourself through the thing you don't want to do because you're giving yourself permission to have that time to wallow in the thinking of it at another point. But it stands to reason if you've got a busy day as a project manager and there's lots of moving parts to the project or the projects that you're working on, then setting aside specific times to work on specific projects is a good way to concentrate and not to clutter your mind with other things it's not always going to work I don't think but the more practice you do it and the setting up a structure that works for you is important to be able to cope in situations like that Definitely. And people think that if they're juggling more than one thing, particularly women, they think they're really clever. The research has shown that 
the more that we try to do shift between tasks, the less effective that we are. And it actually reduces having to convert from one thing to the next thing slows us down in in our process. So for example, if I'm working on writing something for my project and I've got the pop-up alert that comes up from the email and then somebody rings me on the phone you can see there's three things that my brain has had to focus on. I've shifted from the project to looking at what the pop-up email says and, oh, then the phone's ringing. I've got to stop what I'm doing and deal with that conversation. So you will get more done and be far more efficient if you're focusing your brain in just one area. So telling people not to call you for an hour, switching. I tell everybody to switch off their email alerts, the pop-up alerts, because they are so dangerous to your mental space and just focusing your attention. I love listening to music when I'm working and depending on what mood I'm in to really help me shut out some of the thinking because the music tends to distract that element of my brain so that I can just focus on the on the work that I'm doing. So I really love uh, using that to help give my brain some clarity. So in decluttering your mind as a project manager, you have to find a process that works for you, and that's trial and error. You have to firstly identify what's happening and why you might need to declutter your mind and then try different things to help you have a process or different processes depending upon what it is. It's just not going to happen by thinking positive thoughts about it. I mean, project managers are going to love a process, aren't they? That's the nature of the beast. So I think... The things that I would suggest are really trying to create those bird's eye views. So like I said, mind mapping or brain dumping, looking at purpose, value and mission, looking at your values, looking at your personality styles, doing the quadrant the quadrant planning. It's of all of those things are about pulling your focus out and shift and cre- becoming a little really objective, just stopping and taking a moment, being mindful allowing your brain to think of things from a different point of view and taking a breather. I think that's probably the first step in that process, whichever one you choose and how you do that. But I think that that's a big part of it. And I think that when your mind is really busy and whatnot, that's a good time to go for a walk. (laughs) Oh, definitely. Definitely. I I find that I'm a, I love being, working under pressure. I love working under that, uh, under that stress level. I love it, but it's detrimental to my health to be having that amount of oxytocin going through my system all the time. And you don't funk, your brain really only works really well for about an hour and a half. Then you have to, like a machine, let it have some rest. So there's great value in doing that. I actually have to use my alarm on my watch. I've got a Fitbit, like a Fitbit thing, and it says, you've been inactive for too long, get up and move. So I'll get up and do a stretch or I'll get up and do a yoga pose or whatever. I'm not to say that I'm good and disciplined. I do ignore it, (laughs) but it does make a difference to a whole range of things. And I think that that's important. It gets back to having that, recognising that, we do need to have a process for dealing with all our information and all the different things that are going on, all the different people that we're working with, having a way to manage all the different spinning plates that are happening Mm. in the project. And I think that, yeah, it's important. 
I think the other thing too that I, I mean, one of the things that I've found great value when I practice it is it's called, it's called an anchoring technique. And really what you're doing is completing something before you move on to the next thing. So for, for me, for example, if I was going from dropping off the kids at school, then going to work on a job for a couple of hours, then going from there to meet with a client, and then from meeting the client, going to pick up stuff for dinner, going to pick up the kids, then going home, you can see there's lots of different things where my brain is really shifting from different one element to the other. And if I'm working right up to the last minute and then right, ding, next thing going, I'm not completing or closing the last thing. So I'm dragging that energy or dragging that stress with me into the next area that I'm working on. So what I practiced doing was allowing myself 15 minutes to shut down. So not just pack up my tools, but actually stop, be still and breathe. So it might mean that before I get to my next appointment with a client, I'm allowing myself 10 minutes in the car to just stop, to just sit, to be still and go, "Ah, right, got through the traffic, that's finished. Now I'm going to walk into the room and be 100% present for my client. I'm not going, right, here I am, get out of the car, go, hey, go in here, let's sit down, what are we doing? I'm allowing that, that closure and that anchoring and that completion before I start the next thing. And it made a huge difference to my energy level at the end of the day. It wasn't just exhausted, falling in a heap at the end of the day. And I wasn't frustrated with people as I moved through those different phases. So I wasn't frustrated in traffic, wasn't frustrated with my client, wasn't frustrated with my kids. Well, that's a really good approach there, Barbara. And I think that it's ultimately doable in our busy world. Yeah, it just takes, it just means that you have to be a little bit more planned with your time. So rather than working right up, squeezing every last minute out of your time is actually going, well, I'm going to allow for 10 minutes at the end to just uh, stop. Yeah. Barbara, your top tip for decluttering your mind? Is to think the minimalist approach, to be like Buddha and go, do I really need to think about this? Do I really need this? Does this serve me? Well, that's very powerful. (laughs) Very, very powerful. My top tip would be to work hard in in a nice way, in a kind way, about how to develop a process that you can deal with all the clutter and find something that works for you, whether it's the post-it notes, whether it's the quadrant, whether it's whatever. Just find something that works for you so that you can get through your day and deliver your projects. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that too. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you very much for your time today, Barbara. It's been fantastic as always. Thank you. Thanks for the opportunity to, to share some of those ideas with you. It's been great. No, thank you. That ends another podcast from Fix My Project Chaos.